Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in for today's video devotion and our Bible reading plan. And by the way, I hope you've printed out a copy of the 2021 reading plan. It's on our website, so you can do that. Uh, this Thursday, we are in Genesis chapter 14. I hope you've already read the chapter and maybe written down in, in your journal or notebook what God said to you. And I would imagine many of you uh, were a little bit bored with the first half of the chapter. Then the second half of the chapter got a little more interesting to you because the first half of the chapter lists all these kings that are fighting one another in two alliances. And um, um, let me help you a little bit by saying, when we think of kings, we think of kings of countries like the King of England. Or go back in history, you know, two, three hundred years ago, the king of France or the king of Portugal or uh, or whatever. Um, all of these kings were not kings of big countries, but basically every city, every region, every small area had their own what they called a king. And so like one is here is just the king of Sodom. So he, he's the king of just Sodom, one, 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 one town. So, so while this sounds like a lot of kings and a lot of countries, it wasn't a worldwide conflict. What you have in the first half of this chapter is kind of a, a regional war, okay? And uh, it's like all the, it'd be like all the towns in one part of South Carolina fighting all the towns in the other part of South Carolina, or maybe those in North Carolina fighting South Carolina. It's, it's that kind of regional thing, okay? And so you had these this war between two alliances of regional kings and leaders, and they fought a battle near what is here called the Salt Sea or Siddim, which is the Dead Sea there in, in, in Israel. <clears throat> and at one point in all of that, the, the Sodom was conquered by the winning army, winning coalition. And when they conquered Sodom and carried all the people, the, the people of Sodom away and the possessions, the animals and the, the gold and stuff, uh, as, as, as booty, as war, war, you know, what they, what they captured, uh, they took with them um, Lot, his family and his possessions. And remember, Lot was Abram, who would become Abraham, Abram's nephew, his brother's son that had traveled with him all the way from Mesopotamia to Haran and now down into Palestine or the Promised Land. And um, Abram receives news that Sodom had been conquered and that his nephew uh, had been uh, taken away as a captive with all of his possessions. And then Abram gathers what is called his uh, trained men in verse 14 of chapter 14, his army, and notice there were 318. Abraham was a very wealthy man, not only in terms of livestock, but we saw one of the earlier chapters, gold and silver, but he had 318 trained men, soldiers, if you will, that were part of his, his, uh, his entourage, his you know, some of them probably were slaves. I don't know what the situation was, but they were part of his domain, his kingdom. If you had 318 men, you think about other men, you think about wives, children that were all under Abraham's protection and authority, and all the it, it points to how wealthy Abraham had become. And so Abraham leads his army of 318, and he fights the coalition that had won the war between the two coalitions and conquered Sodom and kidnapped Lot, defeats them. 
rescues Lot, his family, all of Lot's possessions, as well as all the other people who had been at Sodom that had been taken away as captives and all of their possessions. And they come back to where Abraham was living. And then you have this interesting story of Melchizedek in verse 18. So let's read there. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him. He blessed Melchizedek, blessed Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, he gave, and then he, Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of all. Um, so here's this Melchizedek, who is a king of Salem, which is apparently a, a town, a city. And uh, he's also a priest of the Most High God. So we, we have it in our mind that the only people in this time that worship the real God was Abraham and his family. No, no. Just as God spoke to Abraham and his family when they were in Mesopotamia, before they ever moved to the promised land, God spoke to other people. And here's this Melchizedek, who is a priest of the of God Most High, and it's the same God that Abraham served, because in verse 20, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. So he knew that the God who had favored Abraham and given him victory was the same God he served. So here's this guy who's a priest of God and a king. Now, that's all we know. I wish we knew more, but we really don't. Abraham gave a tithe, 10% of his possessions to Melchizedek, this high priest of God. And then uh, in verse 21, the king of Sodom, which has to be a new king because in the war between the two coalitions, the, the, first, the original king of Sodom died in a tire pit when he was fleeing in, in that battle as they were losing. So now you got the new king of Sodom. Um, said to Abram, give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. So he, he's saying, All right, Abram, because in ancient times, whoever won a battle, their custom was, the culture was, whoever won a battle, won a war, became the owner of everything he conquered, the owner of the people, all their land, all their possession. Uh, and so the king says, Abram, will you allow the people that now belong to you because you freed them, you conquered them, you freed them, would you allow them just to come back with me and come back to Sodom? But you can keep all of the possessions. Notice what Abraham did uh, in verse 22. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And see there, Abram, by the way, called him the Lord most high, the same name that Melchizedek did, God most high. Um, so again, worshiping the same God. So the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give these people back to me. In verse 22, Abram said, I made a, I, made a, I swore to God, in verse 23, that I will not take a thread or a sandal thong or anything that is yours. For fear, you would say, I have made, I have made Abram rich. Um, Abraham was saying, I'm not going to keep any of this because I don't want you to go around saying he's got my stuff and he's rich because he took from me. Abraham wanted people to know that everything he had came from God. He didn't take advantage of anybody. And uh, he said, the only thing I'll keep is the food that I needed to feed the men while we were fighting. Otherwise, the people of Sodom and all their possessions, you they're yours. Take them with you. Go home. A um, couple of things. Real quick, 
All you and I have comes from God, just as everything Abraham had came from God. Everything we have that's good. Abraham honored God and recognized that God was the source of everything he had in two ways. One, by giving a tenth or a tithe. It is hypocritical for me to say God is the reason I have what I have, but not be willing to be generous and tithe and give to God. Tithing is how we honor God, is how we acknowledge we acknowledge, we recognize that God is the source of all that we have. It is basically saying, God, I know it's yours and you own it. You're just allowing me the privilege of enjoying it while I'm here. That's what tithing is all about. And people who don't tithe are really, whether they know it or not, saying, God, you had nothing to do with anything I got. Tithing is us submitting ourselves and saying, God, it all came from you. That's why we tithe. The second thing he did was he said, I'm not going to get rich at the expense of other people. I'm not going to be wealthy uh, by taking advantage of other people. And yet God blessed him and made him a very wealthy man. God, God honors generosity. God blesses uh, financial ethics, financial character, financial integrity, if the only way you can get ahead is by, by, by walking on other people, by taking advantage of people who are down, it's not worth it. God honors those who do it the right way. And um, so I, I wrote in my journal, I've learned that God is trustworthy, that generosity does not hurt, that it is free to be generous, and that God blesses us when we show through our actions, through our behavior, that we have faith in Him, that we can obey Him, we're willing to tithe, and we're willing to be generous, and we're willing to have ethics and integrity when it comes to financial matters, dealing with money. Uh, God honors that. Abraham in this chapter is a great example of all that, and I pray it's an example for you too. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Um, uh, pray about what God said to you today. Pray about how you can grow in your financial life when it comes to being a follower of Christ. And then make some changes if you need to. Begin tithing. Begin being honest in your financial life. And uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we wrap up this week by looking in Genesis 15. God bless you.